G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. History Makers with Matt Prater. Coming off of drugs, you're going to have emotional problems, but I kept chasing after God. And he's using this vehicle to bring people out of the dark into the light. And I went forward and I knelt at the front, and it, it was a radical conversion experience. And that's where the big change happened, and that's where we decided we're going to use our music for God, we're going to change our songs. When I was about 25-year-old, I was uh, busted and into jail, and it was there that I came to the Lord. History Makers with Matt Prater. Hi and welcome to History Makers, I'm Matt Prater Today we're speaking with Pastor Tyler Shedd How are you doing brother? I'm doing really well, thanks Thanks so much for joining us We're going to hear a bit about your ministry and what you're currently doing But let's go back to the beginning Whereabouts were you born and raised? I was born in the in the States, in the US I was born in Illinois but then grew up in, in Kentucky And did you have like a religious upbringing? Kind of, i say we were a Christian family I became more familiar with the gospel and, and the church as I grew older. And was it like a, like a Southern Baptist kind of church, or what were you raised in? Yeah, so I ended up um, when I, like in high school in a Southern Baptist church plant mm-hmm. um, that was just trying to reach just a new area of the city that was growing. And was there like a conversion experience for you, or was it like a gradual thing? It was more like a gradual thing. Like my mom was pretty... Uh, dramatic conversion experience after some she actually got hit by a car and spent some time in hospital and and just had some people from one of the local churches really come around her and share the gospel with her and invite her to a bible study and that was hugely significant for her and then she started sharing with us and my sisters and myself and we ended up in a christian school and so for me it was more of the the gradual thing yeah Mm. Uh, i know that uh in the u.s they have a lot of youth camps and stuff like that um and i know for me personally i was really impacted at youth camps was that a big part of your your christian journey as well Strangely enough for me, um, youth groups and youth camps was not a part of my own experience when I was in high school. I was kind of a shy kid, kind of shied away from that kind of stuff. But then when I went off to college, really felt from some friends a call to ministry, and I ended up working um, at a youth camp for a couple of summers and ended up being a youth pastor as well, um, even though I didn't participate in that stuff myself when I was in, like a teenager. Oh, wow. And tell us a bit about uh, what kind of churches were you working at as a youth pastor? Yeah, so I ended up at the the Southern Baptist church that I was uh, that I grew up in, um, coming on as an kind of an intern and then a youth youth worker working with the middle school students there while I was in uh, seminary, well, Bible college, um, and it was yeah just a fantastic, really formative but challenging experience. And I know that you did a, a lot of missionary work in Asia. Tell us about uh, your transition to uh, to missionary work. Like I've always, you know, from really early on, just really had a, a pull to um, be able to serve and do ministry, at least support ministry overseas, um, really since I was in high school. And um, I ended up with a good friend of mine that I went to uni with um, teaching English um, in, a, in a really massive city um, in, in Asia, and which is where I ended up meeting my wife, a um, long story over there, but uh it was it was just a year start out just a year contract but then it ended up 
being several more years after that. And tell us, where, where's your wife from? So she grew up here in, in Adelaide, in the, in the southern suburbs, where we're planning a church now, just really just around the corner. And, uh, but she was over there. She is uh, an allied health worker and had gone to the same city we were living in, Asia, to do the work that she was doing over there. Um, and so we met through kind of this big international church there in the city, um, got to know each other over that year, and then ended up, yeah, ended up getting married and then moving back there and, yeah, the rest is history. Now, a lot of people that were raised in, you know, the U.S. or Australia, you know, when they go to an Asian city and they see Asian believers, they see a, a different version of Christianity than the Western version of Christianity. Uh, did you find that was the case for you? Yeah, it was, you know, we ended up confronting sort of and dealing with some just discipleship stuff that was so different to what we, what I had experienced as a youth worker in the States where most of the time uh, we were we were working with kids or teenagers in the U.S. that their parents wanted them to be there. They were really supportive. They were part of the, the church, wider church family. Whereas we go to where we were in Asia, oftentimes we were working with university students who their parents were not only not believers themselves, but sometimes actively opposed to the faith. And, and not even so much for the reasons you might think, not because they were against the doctrine or against Jesus. It was more just that they saw um, Christianity as kind of a dead end. If you become a Christian, you're not going to find anyone to marry. You're not going to get a good job. You're going to be, you know, it's going to look make our family look bad. And so they were just really anti. So we were having to journey with a lot of students um, as to how to how do you honor your mom, mom and dad. And how do you honor, you know, when you're living in such a, in a society where there's so much pushback and there's no real incentive to be a follower of Jesus. And that creates, I think, a real robust sense of conviction in a lot of young people when that's how they come into the faith. That as they grow up, they're going, yeah, they don't expect it to be easy. They don't expect Christianity and being a Christian to offer the, all these social advantages. And so they have to really go, I'm holding on to Jesus here. And because that's all I that's all I have, and trusting Him to to help and provide and sort out some of those things, um, and so I think faith just it, from right at the outset it becomes very real and very much uh, uh, this is what this is who I am. And I'm curious to know, are, are you able to tell us what part of Asia you were ministering in, or did you want to keep that secret for for certain reasons? I can just say it was a you know a very a very large uh, city in a very large country. Okay. I can leave it at that. Okay, that's good. That's good. All right, fair enough. And you know, we hear about the underground church. We hear about uh, all over the world how there's believers who get severely persecuted, and and they have to really minister under cloak and dagger. Otherwise, the government comes down them in many different nations. Of course, you know, mm. it's fascinating uh, the the passion that these underground church leaders have to win souls under the, the threat of death, you know, under the threat mm. of persecution and imprisonment. It, it mm. really is a, a wake-up call for us in the West to use our freedom to share the gospel and to reach people while we've got it, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. It's definitely, it's definitely humbling to be walking alongside of, you know, young people and older people as well who are just, you know, their love for Jesus has motivated them to do things which are really, really hard and, 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 and really accept those consequences with joy, even, of going, you know, this is not what I would, you know, it's, it's inconvenient, it's hard, it's, but yet Jesus is so worth it.
And one of the most uh, inspirational interviews I did many years ago was with uh, Brother Un from the book The Heavenly Man. And, you know, he uh-huh. shared that he'd been beaten up and he'd had his legs broken and uh, had just been through terrible, terrible persecution. Yet miracle after miracle after miracle happened to help him get set free, to help him minister and, you know, doors open for him. I mean, it was like the book of Acts, you know, hearing his story. Mm. Um, have you yeah. heard of a lot of miraculous stories like that yourself? I would say not not like firsthand in mm. a sense, but I, I like I've seen these, you know, moments of like, I don't know what to call them, kind of like light bulb moments, just, just radical changes of thinking. Like mm. one year that we were there, um, we were, some of the people we were working with had a ministry started to women in the kind of the sex industry there, which is a huge problem in the city we were in. And they had started a business trying to get young women who were kind of caught in, in that into, into more gainful employment. Um, but it really involved just a lot of prayer walking. That's how it kind of started is prayer walking through these districts of the city. And at first we were trying to do it alongside local believers and they were really struggling with this whole concept of going you know, I can't do this kind of work. This is too hard. The people that are in this in this industry, it's their own fault. I don't really have any kind of compassion for them. And just seeing the Lord at work in people's hearts, radically changing the way that that believers were seeing people and giving them a heart for mission and a heart for the poor and a heart for the vulnerable like almost overnight in cases, just this 180-degree transformation. Well, And then at that point, when we saw local believers really taking on this vision, that's when the ministry started to take off, and that's when we started to see um, real fruit of people coming out of these businesses and coming into the local church and standing side-by-side and worshiping together and having meals together, where that was like unthinkable even in within a year just to see that such the speed of that transformation. That was kind of... The, I would say that was a miraculous work of the Spirit in people's mm. hearts that we, that we were seeing on a regular basis. I, I heard that uh, your first ever speaking event has a bit of a story behind it because you, you're apparently a bit introverted. Uh, is there a story there you can yeah. share with us? When I was back in, the, still living in the States before I ever went to Asia, um, I was in Bible college and the guy I was living with at the time invited me to be a part of this sort of evangelistic campaign in Brazil. And I, I said, sort of, they needed like, a, you know, an extra man to kind of fill a slot. So I said, okay, I'll go along just because I was curious. And I was just not really expecting to do much. I was more going to as an observer. And, I, and then I ended up on this, they divided us up in small teams, these little evangelistic teams, and found out that I was the one that had the most Bible college training of any of the folks. And so immediately the local uh, interpreter that was with us said, okay, you're the preacher. You're the preacher in the group. And I had never, other than I'd given youth talks, but I'd never given a sermon uh, in, in, in my life. And I thought I had like an hour to sort of scroll, you know, note, jot some things down. And then the sermon ended up being, um, rather than a, like a live um, sermon to an audience, they took us, walked up the hill on the top of this neighborhood and ended up being uh, like a radio broadcast. Um, and so, you know, it was give the sermon over the radio. And I thought in some ways it was like I wasn't looking at live people, so I was less nervous, but then I, and I'm doing it through an interpreter. But at the same time, I'm thinking, you know, just waking up this morning, I had no idea that this is what I was going to be doing. And that was the first time I'd preached a sermon. Wow, that's so good. And, you know, it's uh, so true, isn't it, that when we say, just like Isaiah, here am I, send me. 
When we step out, mm. God will give us the words. He'll give us the boldness. He'll give us the, you know, and, you know, we might uh, uh, be a bit fearful in the flesh, but God always comes through, doesn't he, eh? He does. Mm. And, I mean, when it's the preaching of his word, it's, you know, it's his word, it's his gospel, it's yeah. Jesus, and it's, yeah, so just his, his instruments. Yeah, that's wonderful. And tell us a bit about your, your journey to Australia. You're pastoring City Light Church in Adelaide. Tell us uh, about how you ended up there. Yeah. Um, so we decided, our family, I've got, I've got five kids, um, and we decided that it just got to a point where living in, in Asia overseas after about seven years was just a bit challenging. And we, for various reasons, decided to come back for a season um, back to Adelaide. I was in 2015. And then through a friend, yeah, through a friend of my brother-in-law, actually ended up um, on staff at City Light Church uh, in in the suburbs here. Um, that had been planted. It was, had been going for about four years. It was kind of the you know doing discipleship and working with our small groups there, and it was just a really fruitful, stretching time. Did not anticipate that I'll be doing ministry uh, in suburban Australia, but I loved it. And then the opportunity about three years in came to plant another church out of, of this church. So we moved from the western suburbs of Adelaide then down to the southern suburbs of Adelaide, which is actually where my wife grew up and where all, all our family is. And it's just a beautiful area of the city. It's also, you know, a real fast-growing area. And it's also the most, the second most secular of the local government areas here in the state. Um, and largely, I think, because it's such a beautiful area of the city and there's just so much competing for people's attention. And we just wanted to say, hey, we just need more churches in this area to, to just lift up the goodness and glory of Jesus and say that, he, you know, he is the one who created the sunsets and the waves that everybody moves down here to be close to. And, uh, and he's really blessed that. Uh, we planted um, last year um, in January, we were eight weeks in, then, then we had to go online because of the, of the pandemic. But, you know, by God's grace, he's really, he's really blessed even that, um, bringing people to our, through our live stream and other ways that I wouldn't have, wouldn't have had access or necessarily to the church. Mm. Well, your church has done a, a whole bunch of great stuff online. I know that you do podcasts, uh, you've released uh, worship music, um, you're on all the social medias, YouTube, Vimeo, uh, Spotify, Instagram, you're on all the socials. It's great to see a church that's actively online as well as in person reaching out to people. And, uh, mate, before we wrap up, you know, there's been a lot of people in Australia struggling with mental health battles mm -hmm. since all the lockdowns yep. and the pandemic and the restrictions. And a lot of people just doing it tough. And, you know, I truly believe that the gospel, you know, the good news is the most important message anyone could ever hear. Um, if there's mm. people listening that need to hear that good news now, w would you share with us what, what's the good news of the gospel and how do people respond? Yeah, oh, thanks, for, thanks for asking that. You know, the good news is that no matter who you are and what your circumstances are, we, we can know and believe that God knows you, He sees you, He knows your story, He's made you, and He loves you more than you could ever possibly even imagine or contemplate. And we know that he's, he loves you because he sent his own beloved son, Jesus Christ, into this world to live with us and then die the death that we deserve to take on the punishment for our sin and for everything that we've done to mess things up and rebel against God. He took that on himself that we might, by believing in him, come to have a relationship 
uh, with with God, the God who wants, who knows you, and wants you to know Him. And that's why uh, that's that's the only reason why I am in in ministry, or any of us are coming to to gather to to worship, is because we know that we have been saved uh, by grace through faith in in Jesus. And so, and and he's he's there. He's close to. He's seeking each one of us, and he's near to each one of us. And we can just call out to him, and anyone who calls out to him uh, will be saved. Uh, and and so that's that's the good news that we it's that, you know that we proclaim, and then we live out. Um, and and it's what we celebrate every single week. Well, that is certainly good news, and uh, thank you so much for sharing with us today. And if anybody does want to respond, maybe if people would like a Bible or some information, they can send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. You'll find all the links at our website. Uh, Search up History Makers Radio and TV on Facebook. We can send you information if you want uh, more info on following Jesus. Now, uh, it's been so good to hear your testimony today, Tyler. Uh, If people want to find out more about your church, the website is citylight.church and uh, they can uh, contact you there and you're on all the social media channels as well. Uh, Tyler, I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Matt. Really appreciate you. If you'd like to hear this conversation again, listen online anytime at historymakersradio.com. You'll also find links to all of our social media channels and you can subscribe to our iTunes podcast. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we want to thank everyone for their generous support. If you've got a suggestion of anyone we should interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless. I'm Matt Prater and my challenge to you now is to go and make history. Matt Prater's latest book is now available. History Makers, Devotions, Downloads and Dad Jokes. It will take you on a journey through God's Word and will hopefully give you a few laughs along the way. It's just $15 plus postage. Order now at historymakersradio.com. Discounts available for bulk orders. The heart behind this book is to challenge people to get into the habit of daily devotions with Jesus. Find out more at historymakersradio.com. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.